0: Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney. And I'm co-host, Lucas Jones. So today we are getting into the American League Central, our fifth of our six division previews. And we have in this division the team that won the American League last year, the Cleveland Indians, and the team that won the World Series the year before, the Kansas City Royals. Lucas, getting us started off on the AL Central, what do you think about some of the just a general consensus on the teams in this division this year
1: i think the indians are the favorite in the american league they obviously won the pennant last year Uh, they might have surprised a few teams but they're not going to sneak up on anybody this year they're pretty solid and then the tigers and royals should make it a a semi-competitive uh division we have to see how it plays out for the royals though but we'll get into that here in a little bit
0: yeah and uh before we get started i The Tigers lost their owner, Mike Illich, over this offseason, and he did a lot for both the city of Detroit, uh, the Detroit Tigers organization, and he also owned the Detroit Red Wings, did a lot for youth hockey in Michigan and the Detroit metro area. So our condolences to the Illich and the Tigers family. Huge repercussions
1: from that loss as well because Illich so wanted to bring a World Series to the Tigers. He opened his pocketbooks. Um Lai made lots of money from Little Caesars and other ventures, but he's mostly known for Little Caesars. And now his son takes over the team. Nobody really knows how much is he gonna spend. Is he gonna wanna spend? Are they gonna sell? So that's all huge question marks for the Tigers. And right now they have several players that one could be that are good enough to make this team a championship caliber team, or two they could trade and just get pretty good hauls for everybody.
0: So, Lucas, do you want to just go ahead and transition into the Detroit Tigers with that? They added uh, Brian McCann, if I saw that correctly.
1: Uh, well, actually, you're thinking of James McCann. James McCann, I'm sorry. And he caught for them last year. Um, they signed back Alex Avila, who happens to be the GM's son, Uh, He was the longtime catcher there, played for the White Sox last year. They got him to bring in a backup role, but they really like James McCann uh, as their catcher, so they're hoping he stays healthy. Uh, Last year I think he got banged up just a little bit, but he'll be uh, controlling that pitching staff uh, from here on out.
0: And, of course, Ian Kinsler plays the game with a good sturdy handshake and no more emotion. Because that's how he was raised.
1: (laughs) Right, and he is, you know, he was the one that was talked about maybe the most of being traded this offseason when the Dodgers were looking for a second baseman. And Kinsler has, you know, he's aged pretty well. He's still putting up solid numbers, had a good season last year. And you can expect him to probably be the leadoff guy for the Tigers this season.
0: Yeah, and Kinsler's a Mizzou guy, so uh, i got to plug that whenever I can just to kind of throw a little shade at you, Lucas. Hey,
1: Baseball is a different story than football.
0: Yeah, I I get it. Uh, So let's look at the Tigers lineup for this year.
1: I got Kinsler leading off. J.D. Martinez, who is banged up right now. They don't think it's anything serious, so he may be ready for opening day. If not, expect him by the end of April. Uh, He hits a lot of home runs. He's a free agent after this year, so if things don't go well for the Tigers, he could be traded. Uh, Batting in the three-hole, you got Miguel Cabrera, who... Is one of the probably top three right-handed hitters of all time. Uh, oh yeah, that's major praise. But anytime you run across a Tigers game and he's up to bat, I don't know about you guys, but I stop and watch. He's just he's just that good. He's a future Hall of Famer, uh, and he will go down as one of the best hitters of all time. Uh, behind him, you have Victor Martinez, DHing, uh, batting in the five hole. You have Justin Upton playing third base. Nick. Castellanos. Uh, center field here is a. They really don't know who is going to play there yet. They got Tyler Collins who's trying to win that job out. Maybe Andrew Romine. They still have Anthony Gose. But they're a team to, if they think they're going to compete, you know, they might be looking, you know, Angel Pagan maybe. Uh, they really don't have a solid uh, center fielder yet that's ready to take over and play Uh, so keep an eye out on that for the rest of spring training uh, to see who's going to be the starting center fielder there for the Detroit Tigers Uh, then you got James McCann catching and Jose Iglesias playing shortstop he's he's a pretty decent shortstop kind of light in the bat but uh, he could definitely improve and grow
0: yeah and I I like Iglesias he came over from the Red Sox correct Uh, yeah that's That's correct. And then looking at their pitching staff, of course they are anchored by Justin Verlander again.
1: Yeah, who uh, honestly, after looking at some of the stats they all laid out after the voting, uh, if you didn't listen to Kate Upton, at least listen to me. He should have won the American League Cy Young last year. He, after a rough 2015, he found his groove again in 2016. So look for him to build on that again. As he's, you know, Justin Verlander's trying to build himself a Hall of Fame case as well.
0: Yeah, and I, all the reason I mean the guy's been great for a long time there in Detroit and then pitching behind him Jordan Zimmerman uh, they hope uh, well, he's still working his way back uh,
1: when they signed him they signed him he was a, you know he had number one capabilities when he left the Nationals and you know there was you know I was hoping he's going to sign with the Cubs now after last year and he struggled I, I'm glad he didn't but he's got the potential to be a the second-hand guy behind Verlander. So they're hoping he puts things together after an unhealthy 2016. They hope he just kind of stays healthy, had neck problems. Hope uh, hope that's all taken care of and he can uh, pitch a full season.
0: Yeah, and then they have Daniel Norris, uh, Anibal Sanchez coming before him. And Michael Falmer who yeah. didn't yeah. win
1: the American League R- Rookie of the Year last he year. He did. Yeah, um, great pitching numbers, low ERA. So they're really, you know, Michael Fomer may be their number two. So they're really counting on him to build upon a great rookie year. Daniel Norris still has, I think he still might have rookie status. He pitched some in the majors last year. He was up and down some. So they're really hoping he goes ahead and grabs a rotation spot this spring.
0: <clears throat> but, yeah. And do you have anything on their bench of note? Uh, no, they, they were
1: just the same guys I went over that is fighting for center field job. And then, of course, you have Alex Avila who is their backup catcher.
0: Yeah, how about that bullpen? Uh, Well, it's
1: got uh, Francisco K. Rod Rodriguez, who has been, you know, he's got to be getting old because I remember him when I was a kid when he first came up with the Angels, and the Angels went to the World Series. They had K. Rod in the eighth and, like, Troy Percival in the ninth. Like, Yeah. So he's been around for a while, but he's a solid uh, closer, and he's building himself a Hall of Fame case. And then they have Bruce Rondone, Justin Wilson, and Alex Wilson to help bolster that bullpen. So overall, they got a pretty good, they got a decent pitching staff. It could be a great pitching staff. They got a good bullpen, and they have several good hitters. It's just a matter of them putting it together and playing a little better defense than they did last year.
0: Yeah, and uh, they need to do that if they're going to compete for a wild card spot. How about, how do their prospects look?
1: Uh, they got Jacoby Jones, who's almost ready. And he might act. He could, honestly, if he doesn't break camp as their starting center fielder, he'll probably be up, I would say, by May or June. And, you know, they may just hold him off some to get more uh, control over him. Uh, so, you know, you got to look out for him. He's the closest one to coming up. They got, pitching-wise, they got Matt Manning, Bo Burrows. Uh, you know, them guys, they... Hoping they don't need him this year because they do have a a couple other pitchers, Shane Green and Matt Boyd, they want to get some starts to this year. It's hard to say when them guys are going to be up, but the Tigers are trying to rebuild a minor league system that got kind of, you know, in our American League East conversation preview, we talked about Dave Dombrowski trading guys and signing guys, and this is a classic Dave Dombrowski team. They didn't have a lot of prospects. They got a lot of huge names. Victor Martinez has been good for years. Miggy, Kinsler, Verlander, and K Rod are all probably one day will be in the Hall of Fame. So this is just a classic Dombrowski team. but now they got some guys where they're trying to decide right now are they going to compete and go for it this year? Or are they going to start trading guys? Like JD Martinez has some value. Um, Miggy's got a big contract for a long time they have oh, yeah. to eat some of it they'd have to eat some of justin upton's contract they mm, someone might actually if justin verlander comes out good again someone might actually take that whole contract so the royals have or the royals they also have a lot of flexibility this year which way they're going to go but oh. the tigers do as well so that's why i said this division could could be competitive because it really can but it also could be a division where everyone gives up and it's just the indians win by default by july 31st
0: yeah and i could definitely see that uh... You know, that's something I'm really going to hit on a little bit more when we get into the Royals. But, yeah, there are a lot of teams in this division that, you know, if things don't go right in the first couple of months of the season, the Indians could run away a la Cubs last year, but even worse because...
1: There just won't be a competitive other team for them to play head-to-head against. Very possible.
0: Yeah, so do you have anything more on...
1: Uh, No, it's just kind of a wait-and-see um, like several teams, are they going to compete? Are they going to sell? And this offseason, we'll get a better idea of how uh, Mike Illich's son's going to run the team. Is he going to continue to push payrolls up to 180 to $200 million? Or is he going to trim the budget, get under the luxury tax, and start treating the team more like a business instead of a luxury?
0: Yeah. And uh, so let's get into the defending AL champs, the Cleveland Indians. So the Indians added Edwin Encarnacion from the Blue Jays, Mike Napoli moved on to Texas, and of course they still have Andrew Miller in the bullpen. He was phenomenal for them down the stretch and into the playoffs last year. And so Lucas, what do you have for us on the Cleveland Indians?
1: It's a team that they really did they replaced everybody that they lost. But they got better by that because they added Edwin Encarnacion. You know, they projected that the Indians on their World Series run made about $20 million. And that's right around what they're paying Edwin Encarnacion. So instead of an owner that just, well, I'm going to take this extra $20 million. I made a bunch of money. He opened up the purse strings there and reinvested that money in his team and it got better. This is a much better team.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, let's look at that lineup for the Cleveland Indians in 2017.
1: Okay, so interestingly, they start uh, Tito Francona starts Carlos Santana at the top of the uh, lineup. He plays first base. Uh, sometimes he DH last season a little bit, but he uh, he's not a fast guy. He used to catch. He but he's a high on base percentage yeah. guy, and that's why Tito wanted up front. In second place, you got your best player on the team. That's Francisco Lindor, absolute stud of a player. So you got these two guys, two on base uh, guys, hitting in front of Evan and Carnacion. That's when that's when things get real because he's got monster power, lots of home runs, lots of doubles. He'll have lots of RBIs. Uh, So they really, really are going to enjoy that as much as everyone enjoys playing with Mike Napoli and how much fun he is. Uh, Edwin and is just, frankly, a better player than Napoli.
0: Okay, time to get lost uh, into conversation for just a second. So that text, or that, uh, I guess it wasn't a text, it was a tweet that was sent out after the Indians won the American League last year when Mike Napoli was in the clubhouse yelling, we're going to Vegas! And they said, uh, no, that's after the next one, Mike. And he's like, no, we're going to Vegas now! I thought that was just classic Mike Napoli. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like uh, the picture of him after he won the World Series in Boston walking down the street without a shirt without on, a shirt on, yeah, hammered drunk. So uh, we'll get back into that lineup.
1: Uh, so batting fourth, I had Jason Kipnis, but it's questionable if he's going to start the season. So you hope he's okay because you want to see this team at full – Full strength, but if he's not able to start the season, you may see Juan Uribe at second base. Uh, and there may be someone else that I'm not aware of that could play second base. Now, in the five spot, this is interesting because they have Michael Brantley there. He's been fighting shoulder problems the last couple seasons, but as recently as three years ago, monster season. Some people were talking about him MVP, hit lots of doubles, you know, 20 home runs or so. Uh, so if he gets back to full health, this team is basically. I don't know. I'm not going to say twice as good, but they're hell of a lot better because they get Incarnacion and they're getting one of their own better players back that hasn't played in basically two seasons in Michael Brantley. Uh, Jose Ramirez at third base. Tyler Naquin in center field for now. uh, Lonnie Chisenhall in right field. Jan Gomes catching. They got Abraham Amante, who may end up playing one of the three outfield positions, depending on health and uh, who produces. Uh, Almonte was a good player. He missed 80 games last season for a PED pop, um, which in the season if you get suspended for PEDs you cannot play in the postseason. So that's why nobody's seen him in October. Uh, so you know they could have been hurt by his loss last year. They got Roberto Perez, the backup catching. You may remember he hit a nice home run in in the World Series. And he did a lot of the catching because Yan Gomes was kind of banged up. Yan Gomes did some pinch hitting. I think he DH'd one game in the World Series. Um, so basically, that's the team, but it's better because they're taking a good team from last year and they are adding Incarnacion and Michael Brantley. So I like the lineup. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, and looking at their pitching staff, their ace is Corey Kluber. Then they have Carlos Carrasco. Danny Salazar, Trevor Bauer, who's a lot of fun on Twitter if yeah, you don't follow Yeah, he really him.
1: is. You guys should follow Trevor Bauer. And
0: then Josh Tomlin. What do you think about that uh, pitching staff?
1: Well, it's kind of the same as hitting. Is They got the same pitchers that got them all the way to Game 7 of the World Series, but then they're adding two top-of-the-line guys in Carlos Carrasco and Danny Salazar, who was injured last year. Yeah. This is a scary team, guys. This is a team much better than last year.
0: Yeah, and then getting into that bullpen, of course, I talked about Andrew Miller to open the Indians segment. Uh, what more do you got out of their bullpen? Well, you got
1: Cody Allen, who's their actual closer yeah. for now. Um, obviously, I don't think Tito's going to use Andrew Miller like he did in the playoffs because you can't do that over a six-month season. Yeah. And you got Brian Shaw, Dan Otero. They got Zach McAllister, who's going to be the swing guy. He may get a few starts. He may be a long, uh, a long reliever out of the bullpen. And then they signed Boone Logan, who's got a pretty nasty fastball, uh, or used to anyways. They signed him out of Colorado, I think. And so their bullpen is just as good as it was last year. I seen the other day, I didn't have Cody Anderson's name down here, but he was going to make the team as a a reliever. But I seen he is having Tommy John surgery, so he will no longer be part of their uh, plans for the team.
0: So let's talk about prospects for the Cleveland Indians. I know they gave up a lot to get got, Andrew Miller. What do they still have in the cupboard?
1: They got Bradley Zimmer left in the cupboard, and he uh, he he could break into the majors this year. He's almost ready. Um, it's interesting. I was reading the other day about the Zimmer brothers. His brother Kyle is a pitcher for the Royals, hmm. so they're both hoping to be able at some point in the future both be starters on their teams and hopefully brad gets to bat off kyle sometime Um, it's not unusual it's not unprecedented it's happened in major leagues several times but um, it's always something you like to see if brothers get to face each other in a game oh yeah it's a lot of fun so you have that then they have brady aiken who in 2014 he was the number one pick the first high school pitcher since 1991 uh, drafted and they did not reach an agreement. First high school pitcher drafted number one, I should say, if that wasn't clear. Um, He ended up having a smaller-than-average UCL, which is the uh, tendon or ligament that, I guess ligament, that when it tears, uh, even partially or fully, that you end up having to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, So the Astros received the number two pick in 2015 since they were not able to sign their number one pick in 2014 that way you just don't get the next number one pick the next year the worst team does but then you get to slot in and to make up for not getting to sign it and that's when the astros uh took alex bregman who is when we get to the astros part of this you'll see he's a young guy that come up last year that they has a bright future in major league baseball um so 15 picks later brady Aklan went went to cleveland that year And they immediately had him go through Tommy John surgery um, so they could stop worrying about that smaller than average UCL. They just went ahead and kind of had it done as a precaution type thing. So he's still, he's down there in their minors. He obviously, he was thought of as a top pick before right out of high school. So now it just remains to be seen if he'll actually turn out and live up to that. but. He went from number one to number 15, so I think that Cleveland, they felt pretty good about taking that chance on him.
0: Still a pretty high ceiling for a guy going number 15 after going number one.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they still like what they've seen out of him. You just hope no one likes going under the knife. It's not guaranteed you ever get back to normal or better, but you know, I guess they're okay with waiting and seeing. And their last prospect here is Francisco Maija. Uh, He's a catcher. So, I mean, Jan Gomes and Roberto Perez, neither of them are just absolutely impressive. So, Mayha, he's probably not going to be ready this year, but look for him maybe next year. He was almost the centerpiece in the Jonathan Lucroy trade last year, but that trade ended up Lucroy vetoed it. He's probably regretting that. He missed a chance to play in the World Series. Oh, yeah. But uh, uh, Mayha at one point had like a 42-game hit streak in the minors or something last year during all this trade talk. So his hit tools there, he just needs a little more seasoning, but he'll be wow. up. So, I mean, as much, Indians made some trades, but they're not completely bare in the cupboard yet.
0: Yeah, and that's always a good place to be in as a baseball team. So I think we both really liked the Cleveland Indians in 2017. So do you have anything more to add on the Indians? Nope, they're they're going to be good. They They scare me. Yeah, love Tito, love the team. They're probably drinking beer and eating fried chicken in the locker room. (laughs) Whatever works. So now let's go on to the Kansas City Royals. And I have as much to say about the Royals as I did the Cardinals earlier. Uh, We kind of touched that this is really a... This will be a telling year. The telling first couple of months for the Kansas City Royals. I had tweeted the uh, Ken Rosenthal of Fox's story about how Eric Hosmer said that basically he wants to test free agency if they don't have a deal done by opening day. So, you know, they have They got like 10 days yeah, to they get have one done. Yeah, or he's gone because
1: Scott uh, Boris is going to get him the world.
0: Yeah, he he is. I mean, he's still only 27 this year and I I kind of looked at the numbers if you guys will go to fumblingpunter.com and look at our at my Eric Hosmer piece. I said that, you know, I don't know that he deserves Joey Votto money. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's a really good first baseman, but I don't think he's 10 years, $225 million good. So, I mean, if you're the Royals, you're probably, if you're not looking to make the playoffs, looking to trade Eric Hosmer by the deadline.
1: Yeah, and... They have a couple of guys like that, and the thing is, you're never going to get as much for two and a half months of somebody as you will if they traded them this off season or last year. They had playoff aspirations last year. They still think they have a good team. So it's always a fine line you have to toe in if you're going to trade somebody or not. like They'll still get good prospect back for Eric Cosmer if they have to trade him, but it's not going to be like maybe... It's not going to be that Adam Eaton-type trade.
0: Yeah, because Adam Eaton was still under a few more years of control. So, I mean, obviously,
1: if they don't think they're going to make the playoffs, they have to trade them, take what they can get, because there is, in baseball, there's powers and numbers, because there's some guys that just take longer to mature and come out of nowhere. And, you know, so there's these guys that are always highly touted, and then there's the guys that, you know, it takes them three or four seasons, and the minors, then all of a sudden, hey, we got a good player here. It happens. So... You know, we'll see how the pleasing plays out for them.
0: Yeah, and they also have Mike Mustakas and uh, – Sal- or not Salvador. Salvador is the only guy that's under contract right. for a few more years. Uh, they have uh, Kane, and then they have Mustakas and Alcides Escobar, is who I was trying to say, that are all free agents to be as well. So it's a real telling year. So, Lucas, what do you have for a lineup for the Royals? The way
1: I'd run it down – it's Escobar, Kane, Mustakis, Hosmer, Soler, Perez, Gordon, Brandon Moss, Robel Mondesi starting at second. Um, yeah. You know, Escobar, I would never hit him lead off. Never. He's not the on base guy. But Ned Yost likes it. <laughs> they won a world. They won two pennants in a World Series with that. With that going on, so it works for them. I don't know if it's luck or if my baseball philosophy is wrong,
0: but. You know, it works. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I had actually seen something the other day that uh, Soler was really struggling this spring training. They were talking about sending him to yeah, AAA to start Soler. the season. He needs playing time.
1: He struggles. I don't know what to say about that. I was okay with the trade. Maybe that's why it was okay because I thought we was taking it, taking you guys a little bit.
0: I And I hope that the Soler trade works out because that's just going to put us sour. I I like him. I yeah. like him a lot,
1: and I don't, you know. I think at this point Theo and Dayton Moore has a pretty good working relationship because then they is able to swing the is able to swing that trade for Alec Mills to the Cubs after they put Mills on the uh, on the waiver wire. So you know, you just hope that uh, it works out for Soler. He's got the power. He just and he's a fun player when he's hitting, but he just needs it bats. He needs consistency.
0: Yeah, and looking at this lineup, uh, you know, Moustakas is coming off the injury, free agent to be also a Scott Boris client. So another guy they may look to move. If you're moving Hosmer and Mustakas, I think to keep the fans from just quitting coming to games, you've got to sign Kane to some sort of extension. He probably demands the least amount of money. I think he's a really good no, guy. No,
1: I think Escobar demand the least amount oh well yeah out of all even, the guys leaving but yeah I didn't Kane will probably him. come cheaper than Moustakis and Hosmer
0: yeah and Kane's 30 this year and I he may turn 31 during the season but you know you need to keep something with Salvi Perez other than Alex Gordon who I think they horribly overspent on but uh you I actually know actually
1: have some notes on that uh Gordon and Kennedy deals, that's still left on the deals, combines a $118.5 million. Um, plus, there's a fourth-year option for Gordon. It's a mutual option, so they both have to opt in. At, but 20, for $23 million in four years for Alex Gordon, um, that's Jason Hayward money. Uh, or they could give him a $4 million buyout if one of them wants to end the relationship. So that's essentially... I'm not going to count that year because they'll probably opt out of that $23 million. So, the next three seasons, they're spending $118.5 million on Ugh. Kennedy and Alex Gordon, and that is good money that could have went to Hosmer, Kane,
0: or Moustakis. Oh, yeah, and so that really stings, the old fan base, whenever you see numbers like that. So, what do you have for a rotation? Of course, you know, I want to lead this with the tragic loss of Jordano Ventura, uh, kind of as we talked in the NL East podcast about Jose Fernandez, it's not only tough on, you know, the Royals family losing a friend and a coworker, but losing the pitcher off of your staff. You know, he was a young guy. He still had a few more years of control, reasonably priced, and you're just not going to find a replacement for him of equal talent for that kind of money. So that hurts their pitching staff moving forward. What do you have for us, Lucas? Well, Danny Duffy's going to be your number one. Had a good season last
1: year when they started letting him start partway through the season. Uh, He pitched World Baseball Classic. Pitched pretty good. Number two, you got your seemingly billion-dollar man, Ian Kennedy. Number three, they went out and they signed uh, former Cub and Crybaby, Jason Hamill. Uh, I thank him for his time with the Cubs, but he cried a little too much the last September, the last two seasons, because Joe Madden was yanking him out after giving up 10 runs, and he didn't understand why. So, I don't know, maybe he won't cry in Kansas City so much. Uh, They traded Gerard Dyson for Nate Carnes from Seattle. I liked Nate Carnes a little bit when he was in uh, Tampa. He pitched, uh, the only reason I know him is because I picked him up on my fantasy team that uh, 2015, and you know, he pitched about 10 good games for me, so there's a little bit of talent there. And then uh, they went out and they signed Travis Wood, and they promised him he'd get a chance to start. That is uh Theo he Theo tried to bring him back. Um Theo made them an offer actually, and the offer beat the per year average of the Royals, but Theo obviously couldn't promise him any starting any starting games. Uh, Travis Wood's kind of the Cubs of Mike Napoli, he went to the parade shirtless. Uh so he was always fun in Chicago. Um, he had a lot of power. He played some left field and made a crazy catch last year when Joe Madden tried this. Uh, oh, he when... tried the Travis Wood was pitching. Then he moved Travis Wood to the outfield, brought in a left uh, a righty to face just one batter. Then took that guy out, moved Travis Wood from left field back to pitching, and then brought in a substitute left fielder so it was kind of interesting and he actually made a play up against the ivy that everyone was holding their breath against because he hit the ivy pretty hard and look travis wood's not going to win you a cy young but i think he could pitch pretty decently and you know it sucks that he's in the american league now because he's got a good at bat he has several home runs you may recall the playoffs when kyle hendricks got hit in the forearm by that comebacker yeah and uh he had to leave the game and travis wood come in uh, finish getting out of the inning, and then hit a dinger in relief. Yeah, like, okay, cool. So that's kind of what the Royals are thinking. I think you know Hamill and Wood. They got they got the experience. They know how to win games. So I think I think the Royals could do worse.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's just kind of hard for them. And then we're going to get into the bullpen. And of course, they had that three headed monster in 2015 when they won the World Series, and in 2014 when they went to the World Series they would have um, Kelvin Herrera in the seventh inning, Wade Davis for the eighth, Greg Holland for the ninth. Greg Holland is now a Colorado Rocky, and Wade Davis is now a Chicago Cub. So what more do you have for us in that bull, bullpen?
1: The two names that stand out is Herrera still there and Joakim Soria, Soria a little past his prime. Yeah, but, a little bit, yeah. You know? You take what you can do at least he's a veteran presence i guess and then i got kyle zimmer down here who we spoke earlier when the cleveland about he's the the world's top pitching prospect so you know you just kind of it'd be neat to see him come up and brad both come up and get to face each other but the royals they're they're a little thin on some prospects right now so their top two that i could see is hunter dozier who's a third base prospect so i don't know if that's telling that they may let moose walk Or maybe Dozier will be trade bait for something else. I don't know. And then Jorge Bonificio in the outfield is a prospect. And, of course, their number one overall prospects, Royal Mondesi, but I'm expecting him to be their starting second baseman.
0: Yeah, and the Royals do, like you said, their cupboard's pretty bare in Kansas City right now, which may, if the season's not looking so well, press for them to make a couple of trades because, you know, you've got – if you just let all four of those guys walk or three and you keep Esky, you don't have anybody to replace him. There's no next man up. It's uh you know, it's leaving your future of your organization not say, looking so hot.
1: I should say that Mondesi is a shortstop. So they could be okay with Escobar leaving and letting Mondesi take over. And they may start the season with Chesler Cuthbert, who might be my favorite name in baseball. They might let him uh start at second and keep Mondesi down for service time issues i'm not sure what they're going to do i think that job's still kind of up in the open
0: yeah and so that's kind of uh what what more do you got for us on the kansas city royals this year
1: basically it's what are you going to do they need to decide early if they drop out of contention it doesn't look good by june i think they need to be the first to enter the trade market because there'll be lots of teams trying to sell if things don't go well The Tigers may be trying to sell. Uh, The Padres still have several guys that may be worth something. Then you'd have the Royals. The Athletics always have guys they're willing to trade for pieces. The Yankees have some guys. So the sooner the read you can get on how your team's going to do, the better off you are and the better prospects you will get for some of these guys that teams will want.
0: Yeah, and so, like we said, telling year in Kansas City for the Royals, for the fan base. And now let's move to a team who has made a lot of noise this offseason the Chicago White Sox. Of course, they made the big Adam Eaton trade. They traded Chris Sale to the Red Sox. Uh, and Lucas, you want to talk a little bit about those trades?
1: So they traded Chris Sale, or they traded uh, Chris Sale to the Red Sox for yon Moncada, Michael Kopek. And Victor Diaz, Um, if you were listening to our American League East, uh, we couldn't figure out that third guy. That's the third guy. And, oh, they got four guys out of that. They got Louis Louis Basabi as well. Uh, All four guys project out to have major league careers. So that was quite the haul for the White Sox. Uh, They're expecting Moncada and Kopich to both be stars. Diaz, maybe a bullpen-type guy, could start. And Lewis Basabi, an outfielder, uh, they think he could be an everyday player. They also traded Adam Eaton to the Nationals after the Nationals tried to sign Fowler, couldn't get him. They tried to trade for McCutcheon, they couldn't come up with a deal. So they ended up sending Lewis Lucas G. Lito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Ian Dunning to uh, the White Sox for Adam Eaton, and that is uh, quite a haul. I can't imagine if these three guys were offered to the I can't imagine them saying no to that.
0: Yeah, I know. That's kind of strange for me uh, why they wouldn't get rid like of the McCutcheon. The Pirates have
1: a lot of young pitchers. Maybe they were wanting more position-type players. Uh, not sure about that. So, I don't know, but Eaton does have longer contract than McCutcheon, so maybe the Nationals are, are better off. I'm not sure, but they were able to restock their minor league pitching. They had the best winner of any team. They still have some guys that uh, that can be traded and one of the reasons we ain't jumped into the lineup yet is just because there's so many guys in this lineup that the White Sox will trade if someone calls calls them uh, on it like uh, Moki Cabrera he technically did not win a batting title one year because he got popped for steroids and suspended for like the last month or something but he had enough at bats to qualify and he is batting like three forty three and Buster Posey was batting like three forty. So he went ahead and gave the he told them all to give the batting title award to Posey since he didn't finish out the season. But but by all accounts he's a good teammate and he's rebounded his career nicely since then. We got power hitter, Todd Frazier at third base. He should you know, if someone needs a third baseman he could be tradable. Uh
0: You think they'd move Jose Abreu is the big question for me.
1: I think they would, but where's he going to go? Yeah. The the first base slugging market is saturated. Like, some guys, you know, Pedro Alvarez had to settle as a, you know, he might be playing as a part-time left fielder. Mike Napoli took a while to get a job. Ryan Howard doesn't have a job. and Encarnacion went cheap. Like, Encarnacion's worth more than $20 million, but that's what he had to take. That was the, the offer he had. So... You know, maybe later on in the season, you know, Chris Carter with the Yankees for $3 million, He had 40 home runs last year. So, it's hard to say. If someone decided they needed a first base or DH, they would probably trade him. I don't think anybody's off limits on this team. Like,
0: they have... Other than probably Anderson and Moncada. Yeah, they,
1: and they just signed Anderson to a long-term deal real cheap, and then they got Moncada. So... You look at them; them are the two guys up the middle that they're going to keep for a while. Anyone else, they're quite frankly willing to trade.
0: Yeah. So before we get into their starting lineup, uh, they're leading the guy they're expecting to lead off there, Charlie Tilson, center fielder, uh, was in the Cardinals system, and they, I believe that was was that part of the Zach Duke trade? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, so I got to see Charlie Tilson play here in Springfield when he was with the AA affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. And I really liked Tilson. I thought he was a good ball player. Uh, you know, I don't think he's like an earth beater, like all world five tool prospect, but I thought he was a good ball player.
1: Well, he's going to get his chance. I think with the White Sox this year, um, I do have to say, when I made this lineup, it was slightly—it was a little bit before they cut Brett Lowry, who's no longer with the White Sox. I had Did anybody pick him DH. up? I think he's still a free agent right now. So I got Tilson leading off. Moncada, if he breaks camp, batting second. Melky, third. Jose Abreu, fourth. Todd Frazier, fifth. Uh, I don't even know who's going to DH now. Giovanni Soto, Tyler Saladino, Peter Borges seems like a waste of DH, but he's <laughs> on the team. Uh, Avicel Garcia. He never lived up to the hype. They're getting tired of him. So they trade him, but nobody wants him. Uh, catching Omar, uh, Nequez or Giovanni Soto. And in the nine hole, I got Tim Anderson. This lineup is going to be fluid all season. Because oh, yeah. There's going to be guys get traded. Uh, I just don't think they're going to hold. I think they're going to make several more trades this year, at least three or four. Um,
0: Speaking of trades, looking at their uh, pitching rotation, do you think Quintana is gonna get moved? Quintana is their most coveted guy by every other team, but
1: they want a lot for him, and rightfully so.
0: Especially with the <clears throat> return they got for Adam Eaton and Chris Sale, I'm they got.
1: I mean, he's not going to bring what Chris Sale did, but he should bring what Adam Eaton did. But he's got four years left on his deal, so I'm. If I was the White Sox, unless someone just absolutely blew me away more than the sale trade i'd hold on to him and wait for you know maybe you can sign an extension or maybe your team's ready to go in two years um you know if you keep moncada anderson and bray you uh, you got a pretty decent start there oh yeah you got you know you got some other guy
0: uh, tilson's just a know. rookie so you don't know what right you don't know what he's him.
1: got so you know if you trade frazier and Cabrera and can get some other guys to start coming up, you have... I mean, you gotta start, so... And they'll have some money, too, because these guys are trading away some of their money, so... They might be able to be a surprise... You know, they might be able to sign some guys the next couple years, too. So, there's an argument to keep Quintana. There's the argument to trade him. Maybe... They yeah. don't have as many hitters as they'd like in their system, so they want a bunch of
0: hitters to come back. Yeah, so behind Quintana, what do you have in rotation? Well, that you got rotation? James Shields,
1: whose career completely fell off a cliff. They would absolutely trade him if someone called and said, hey, i got this guy that's been in the minors for 12 years. We'll give him to you for James Shields. They'll probably say, as long as you take his money, deal. Uh, Carlos Rodon should be starting. Miguel Gonzalez used to pitch for the Orioles. Then Derek Collins signed with the White Sox from the Rangers,
0: so Guy does a good Harry Carey he does impersonation. Good,
1: good Harry Carey. Also speaking of Harry Carey, uh, I was reading the other day that uh, one of mine and Devin's favorites, uh, Ken Hawk Harrelson. Yeah. Is cutting back his schedule. He's trying to he's trying to make it he's gonna do partial seasons and try to make it to two thousand and twenty season and retire after that season. He wants to do that because that would give him eight different decades of being involved in baseball between being a player uh, he was a manager and a gm for the white Sox. and then an announcer so hopefully he can make it and then you can
0: put it on the board yeah i was gonna say if you guys don't or haven't listened to any white Sox games hawk harrelson has the best home run call in baseball in the english language you can put, put it
1: on the board, board. yes,
0: yes. I love that one time when he's like, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, we was watching yes, the White Sox yes. game,
1: and Jose Abreu hit like a walk-off grand slam, and it was all he could say was, yes, yes. And he's been criticized throughout his career for being a homer, and he makes no, doesn't give one shit about it. He just, you know, he, some guys try to keep a modicum. Most guys try to keep a modicum of objectivity. Not Hawk. He would fit in perfect, though, with, uh, Alvorsky and Rick Horton.
0: Hey man, he does a regional broadcast for his team. <laughs> Let him do what he's gonna do. So, do you have any more notes on any of their prospects?
1: No, they're just probably gonna keep trying to rebuild. David Robertson, their closer, is probably gonna get traded at some point. Everyone keeps connecting him to the uh, to the Nationals, uh, so that may happen. Actually, what I want to happen is, and I feel like one of these. Cardinal fans that think they're huh. going to trade Steven Piscotty for Mike Trout, but I feel like the Cubs should trade Ian Happ and Jaime Candelario, and, you know, maybe someone else.
0: Kyle Schwarber.
1: Not Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> Get Quintana and David Robertson and just win 130 games this year, but I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, it'll be an interesting... I I think, like we talked about earlier... Ask me if I would trade Kyle Schwarber straight up for Quintana and Robertson. Would you do it? Fuck no. (laughs) So now we know where Lucas stands on trading Kyle Schwarber. So, do you have any more notes on the White Sox in general before we move on? Uh,
1: Well, they did get a new manager. They let Robin Ventura go. I think it was kind of a mutual thing. They did hire Rick Renneria, who you may remember... Uh, Was manager of the Cubs for one season Who the Cubs kind of unceremoniously let go When Joe Madden became available Nobody in Chicago feels bad about that now But Rick Winneria is a good guy Great manager He's very fluent in Spanish Um, He is a little Spanish actually Um, But he's very fluent in both languages Players love him Uh, The Cubs just There was nothing wrong with his job They were impressed by him his first season there just when you get a chance for a top three manager, you take it.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, I was just gonna say, I, I, if I were the White Sox, I would have brought Nolan Ryan in to fire Robin Ventura, you know, because what's he gonna say? He's you not know. gonna do anything. Nolan Ryan beat that ass. Again. <laughs> that was one of the greatest YouTube clips of all time. Look it up. Oh yeah, for sure. So now getting into the lowly uh, Twin City uh, Minnesota Twins. Uh, Lucas, what do you have for us on the Twins this year? Well, they're frankly a mess. They had
1: high hopes last year. Uh, I had high hopes for them last year, and things just didn't work out. They had Paul Molitor as a manager, which they like his style. They have different leadership now, so they're, just, they're another team that's trying to rebuild. They've got a lot of young guys on their team. They don't have very many trade prospects. Um, so they got they do have a few veterans that they needed to fill some spots but man they're just they're just one of them teams you're gonna have to wait a while on they're gonna have to free up some money to buy some guys and just wait for their minor league guys to produce
0: yeah and uh, you know uh, Dozier there had been trade talks that he'd been connected to the cardinals actually
1: he's about the only one that is tradable on this team for anything in you know excess of just marginal main minor league player guys.
0: Yeah, so what do you have as far as a lineup for the Twins?
1: I got Dozier leading off. I think he's done that several times in his career, but I don't watch a lot of Twins games, so I don't know. But I think he led off, which was great because he had like 40 home runs last year as a leadoff guy. Uh, Jorge Polanco at shortstop. Joe Maurer at first base, who used to be a catcher, who was, you know, frankly, one of the better hitting catchers of all time. Oh, yeah. Not going to have a lot of home run numbers, but he, you know, he batted like. 350 a couple times, I think. Like, that's great. Miguel Sanu at third base. They think he's, he's gotten shape this offseason. He's a, one of their big-time prospects. Uh, so, they're hoping he can produce, hit, hit several dingers this year. Max Kepler hit over 20 home runs last year. He's uh, German. He is German. He. So, they're, think, they, they're trying to get... Uh, they're hoping he can repeat it. I don't think they're like super sold on him repeating it but so this is kind of a proof-it year for him and they're gonna give him the chance to Then you got kenny svargas who's gonna dh for him i don't really know a lot about him uh they have byron buxton playing center field who was their top prospect for a long time him and uh, sano um he's fast supposed to be able to get on base a lot good defender um they he had a good last six weeks of the season last year so they hoping he can build on that Got Eddie Rosario in right field, and Jason Castro they signed to catch this year. So, I mean, that's a lineup that it can produce some runs, get some guys on base. Uh, but, you know, it's nothing that at this point in time, they got some young guys, they got some older guys, and they yeah. got some guys that are kind of marginal.
0: Just kind of an odd It's mix. not going to blow
1: you away. It just seems odd to me. It's not the Rockies lineup. They also have a Park. Um, I can't remember his first name right now. I didn't write it down because I thought he got cut. I was wrong. He was just designated for uh, assignment, and nobody wanted to trade him. So at that point, he could either be cut completely off the team or be reassigned to the minors, and he accepted the minor league assignment. So he he came in as a technical non-40 roster night, non man roster invitee to spring training has had a great spring training and they're talking about him getting second chance last year was his first year in america they said he didn't adjust well probably you know i don't know i'd say going from japan or korea to minnesota is a quite an adjustment pretty big people adjustment they're talking like canadians and stuff really <laughs> freak you out so, you know, he's getting another chance. So they could have another, and he did hit a few home runs last year. just wasn't consistent. So they're hoping to, uh, that he may get another chance to get back on that 40-man roster.
0: Yeah, and uh, looking at their pitching staff, it's also going to not really blow you away. What do you got on their pitching staff this year, Lucas? Urban
1: Santana, Hector Santiago, Kyle Gibson, Phil Hughes, Jose Barrios is their number one pitching prospect, and they signed Ryan Vogelsong.
0: Ah, Vogel song still kicking around the old league.
1: Yeah, he is. And in the bullpen they got Brandon Nitzer, Glenn Perkins. Perkins not gonna be ready to start the season, but when he is healthy, he's been a pretty good closer historically. So they got, you know, they got they got very few prospects that are ready. The ones that are ready are all in the major league roster right now, so they've yeah. still got some guys behind that. They got a guy named Tyler J he's a starting pitcher they hope he can uh hope he can keep progressing and then they have nick gordon at shortstop who is d gordon's little brother and tom flash gordon's son
0: yeah and so uh i remember him actually getting drafted uh i think he passed a year and then the next year like because of money he passed on the on signing and so the next year you know it was a uh, do we really want to take a chance on him we're gonna to have to pay him a lot of money and i think the twins were finally the team that bit on nick gordon so that uh, i w- the only thing i'll add to minnesota is they do have a beautiful new st- or the stadium you know they opened five or six years ago target field is a beautiful stadium downtown minneapolis and uh, i actually got to go to the first game ever played there uh for the twins it was a Exhibition game against the Cardinals. I was working next door at the uh, power plant and went over on my lunch break, bought tickets, got to go to the first ever game at Target Field. So, just kind of a fun factoid. Now, let's talk about our predictions. Lucas, what do you got for your AL Central predictions?
1: I got the Indians winning uh, 90, uh, I got 97 wrote down here, but I think they could, I think they might push to 100 so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they get 100 I think they're going to win the division pretty handily I got the Tigers and the Royals both tied at uh, 88 and uh, 74 so they'll probably have to play a tiebreaker game if it comes down to it for wild card seeding I don't know if it will or not um, so mm, you know that's a, you just have to wait and see we talked about it the Tigers and Royals What are they going to do? Are they going to buy? Are they going to sell? Are they going to stay put and hope what they have is good enough to make a playoff run? This division goes so many ways with the wins and stuff. This is the one division that I'm just purely guessing and have no rhyme or reason for some of of my picks here. Then I have the Twins winning 76 games and the White Sox 75. So that may be a little high on both. But, you know, the Twins... I don't hate their team. I know we talked about it and it wasn't very flattering, but I mean, they are coming off I think Pakota kinda liked the twins a little bit. Didn't they, they did. So I you know, Pakota's smarter than me sometimes, but you know, they the might one. win seventy six games. It's not like seventy six games is a great season. Yeah. But I feel like maybe if they win seventy six, that's a positive thing for them moving forward.
0: Yeah, and uh, for me I have the Cleveland Indians, I originally had them at 91 wins. I'm going to push that up to 98. I mean, 98 and Sounds 64. Right now that Seems, seems pretty doable. Uh, the Royals at 87 and 75. Again, kind of like Lucas said, they could go 87 and 75 or they could go 75 and 87, just depending on how their season goes. The Tigers at 82 and 80. The Twins at 74 and 88. Again, maybe a little high. Uh, White Sox, 68-94. Of course, if they go move Quintana, Melky, Abreu, Todd Frazier, I don't really Robertson, see them.
1: Robertson, they just not going to have Yeah, I, I don't. 60 games.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that, that'll be a telling tale. And so that wraps up the AL Central for us. Uh, hope you guys are enjoying Our division-by-division preview, it's been a lot of fun for us. It's made for one hell of a long day getting all of this set up, but we have enjoyed it. So for Lucas Jones, I am Devin Keeney. This has been the Fumbling Punter MLB Preview.